0: It's my pleasure to welcome you here to The Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, I get to hear your beefs about me, and I love it. Also, I'm really excited about a trend in grocery stores that can save you a ton on your bills. So... It's really important to me that we're all in this together, that we all learn together. I think about all the suggestions that I get from you in questions you post, comments, suggestions, and complaints. And so we have Clark.com slash Clark Stinks where you get a chance to give feedback to me where you feel my advice, opinion, information is incomplete, off-base, Or, in your opinion, just plain wrong. And then, once a week, producer Krista goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares her favorites with you right here on the podcast. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should
1: be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Maybe you're right, pal.
1: Lark, you missed the whole question of a listener who asked about the $7,500 tax credit with the new electric Mustang. The listener asked how the $7,500 credit works for their taxes, and you rambled on talking about the auto industry's part in, part in the tax credit. Please listen more carefully on the question, and don't just ramble on without answering the
0: question. William. William, thank you, and you're right. I realized later that uh, I did fail to answer the procedure that what happens is when you file your tax return in 22 for tax year 21 that there's a section on the tax form where you reflect the $7,500 for the um, purchase of an electric vehicle from an automaker that qualifies for the full credit. It's a pretty simple credit to file for and I was derelict in my duty, getting off on a tangent and failing to say just that. Thank you for the post.
1: Clark, all the great advice you give us about keeping our bank credit card and debit card accounts safe, you leave out one key tool that adds another layer of protection, text message alerts. Most banks and credit card issuers now have free text alerts whenever activity occurs on the account being immediately notified wherever that whenever there's a transaction is such an easy way to know within seconds if an unauthorized transactions
0: occurred you and your team are rock stars thank you for all you do jeremy jeremy thank you for that suggestion that is a great idea and actually it's one i do i have several alerts set up so that i do get early warning when transactions happen and i what i did So that when it's not for one of my $3 fast food meals, I get notice um, when it's a larger transaction and I'm able to see as quickly as possible. And you can set with most of these notifications whatever limit you want. And I should mention quite quickly, Krista, we've had a lot of people comment about my eating habits and fast food and all that. And my kids sat me down for an intervention a month ago and a little more than a month ago and talked to me about how much um, what they consider to be unhealthy food and particularly they were unhappy how much red meat I was eating and I'm now six weeks into eating very little red meat, a lot of vegetables and a lot of salads and I hope they're happy. Because I miss my red meat.
1: It makes us all happy. We need you healthy. Oh, man. Okay. Carl says, did you sleep through 1959 in history class? Alaska is a state too. When you were speaking of states' governments suffering the most financially, you mentioned Florida, Hawaii, and Nevada as suffering due to the lack of tourist-generated tax dollars. You went on to mention Texas and North Dakota due to losses in the energy sector. Alaska has nearly near total reliance on oil and gas for our state tax dollars. Tourism and fishing are Alaska's second and third industries, so they're not able to help make up any difference.
0: Thank you, and I know that and I I have seen the heat map of the states that are having a really tough time, and Alaska is one of them, and it was my oversight and I apologize. I will come to Alaska soon to make amends because I haven't been to Alaska lately. I've only been three times, and I need to come enjoy it again now that I've had two vaccines in my arm.
1: You absolutely don't stink, but a conversation you had a few days ago about printers and printer ink made me think there might be a better way. Have you considered a monochrome laser printer? I have a Canon that I bought on sale for about $100, and I love it. I don't need to print in color, so I only have to buy black cartridges. They're $25 on Amazon for two and make about 2,400 copies. They make sharper copies, no clogging printheads, no mess, easy to change, and they last forever. I don't print much, so it's perfect for me. I use the copier and scanner much more than the print function. Thank you, Clark. And that's from Chris.
0: Chris, thank you for that suggestion. And that's my oversight to not talk about monochrome laser printers. When I talk about all the problems with the printer cost, with Hewlett-Packard printers, the inkjet printers, by the way, Hewlett-Packard laser printers are really expensive for ink, too. You found a way to do it a lot cheaper on your, you said Canon? Yes. Canon, and um, the thing you mentioned about printing a whole lot less, that's true for most people now, is we use printers a lot less than we used to, is we've really... Uh, become more comfortable doing things all electronic where we used to print out so much.
1: A while ago, Clark spoke about using three TVs and a tablet to watch four NFL games at the same time. He also is always telling us to cut the cord or drop the dish. How is he watching that many games at once without the NFL Sunday ticket? Last I checked, the Sunday ticket's only available on TV. Is Clark a satellite subscriber? And if not, how do you get all those
0: games, David? David, what an insult. (laughs) A satellite subscriber? What are you saying? (laughs) Long, long ago, far, far away, I did uh, suffer satellite abuse. Not anymore. (laughs) Um, You now, under certain circumstances, can have streaming of NFL Sunday tickets and have it as an independent product instead of having it from the ripoff T V satellite. And it was a gift my daughter gave me, who's a college student, because college students are eligible to have the streaming NFL Sunday ticket. And can you think, you know, people say I'm the hardest person in the world to buy gifts for. Can you think of a better gift for me than having NFL Sunday ticket?
1: New to the podcast and loving it. The tone of kindness, helpfulness, and respect is refreshing in these stressful times. But your advice on mortgages, Clark, stinks. In one show, you rave about the merits of a 15-year mortgage, in essence, paying off the mortgage ASAP. A blink later, you give the thumbs up to a fellow listener for his plan to not pay off his home in favor of refinancing a 30-year, to a 30-year mortgage with his goal of investing the difference. Pick a lane on this mortgage stuff, Clark. Tom.
0: Tom, thank you. I'm trying to imagine what the particulars of that conversation would have been that I would have said, yeah, go with the longer mortgage, invest what you would have put in uh, to mortgage payment if you did the 15-year. That sounds really odd for me. I don't know if maybe I'd hit my head that day because with the... Typical spread between the interest rate on a 15-year and a 30, when you're going into a mortgage, if you can afford the monthly payments going the 15-year, usually people's greatest reluctance in doing the 15-year loan is when they're worried what happens if they don't have enough money that month to make the payment, and they go in the 30-year, which is the argument I've had with you, Krista, on how many home purchases and refinances you know I'm in a 15-year now. No. I refined to a 15-year. When?
1: Mm, um, Earlier, it, it was last year. I did it in 2020.
0: I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I, I mean, I love the 15-year. It's got to go along with my other favorite children. <laughs> and the 15-year loan I just love because you think about it, Your age, Krista, it means if you had a 30-year, you would owe money into your retirement years. With a 15-year, you own your home free and clear before retirement. Yep.
1: Okay, you constantly talk about how Amazon is more expensive than brick-and-mortar stores. As an economics major, you always forget about opportunity cost. If driving costs 50 cents a mile and I have to drive three miles each way to Walmart, that's an extra $3 I just spent. And if you're forgetting about time in traffic, time exercising, and time with your family, when you add all that up, Amazon is not so expensive. So tell Krista's husband to keep on ordering. Derek.
0: Okay, so the real truth, the real reason Amazon is a huge money saver in Krista's house is where did your husband buy everything before he started buying everything from Amazon?
1: When he used to work a ton at out of the house, there's a CVS near our house, and he would go buy something on the way home, like groceries.
0: Groceries at CVS? I'm dying.
1: I did read this post to him last night, and he was like, absolutely, opportunity cost.
0: <laughs> so, yes. The other thing is that, uh, and it goes two ways on this, that if you go to a physical store, you're likely to buy impulse items. That if you're just going to buy a linear purchase and buy a single item online, maybe you buy less stuff, spend less money. So one of the concerns the grocery stores have had with curbside pickup and delivery versus people coming into the store is that people don't impulse buy as much. So for those reasons, even if Amazon is a more expensive way to shop, for some people it may actually be net cheaper for them.
1: And we had a few about this. Recently, I heard you rave about Wyze's entry into the home security systems. As an owner of a monitored but self-installed wireless system myself, I was very interested. It took me less than five minutes online to disqualify the Wyze system. Why? Because it's totally Wi-Fi dependent with no cellular backup. All a burglar would have to do is snip the incoming internet cable where it enters the house. At the same time, they cut the landline, if there is one, and just kick the door in and help themselves. Can we say penny wise and pound foolish? My system makes a cell call so that the system functions normally if the Internet or router isn't working. I pay fifteen. I do pay $15 a month for monitoring, but I'm surprised you missed it, Clark. And that's from Sandy.
0: Sandy, thank you. And, you know, right now the system I'd be replacing is the Ring security system. And it does have both the Wi-Fi and the backup cellular monitoring. And so if if burglars are that determined to break into your home, that they cut the Wi-Fi to a home, then you're completely right. The other issue, though, is Wi-Fi is not always the most reliable thing. And I get notices that I've cut over to cellular backup at least twice a week on my home security system. So that is a great suggestion. I appreciate all of yours. And if you feel like I've really missed the mark on something, please go to clarkcom Stinks. And coming up next, I get to talk about one of my favorite topics: you getting a deal on your groceries. Americans really were not into going to supermarkets anymore. The supermarket industry had become a no-growth, really a negative-growth industry as Americans pivoted to doing so much of their dining out instead of dining in. Uh, People were spending usually more than half of what they spent on food at restaurants, and supermarkets were becoming less and less relevant um, what i heard somebody once refer to and i occasionally call stupid markets because you buy stuff you then have to do things to before you can eat it a <laughs> lot of work right but the thing is we rediscovered the supermarket with coronavirus and supermarkets have had huge increases in sales through the coronavirus era some of that's going to stick going forward. Is uh, I think about one of my brothers who he and his wife used to eat out every meal. And now he considers himself to be a chef. And he'll send me pictures of the food that he has prepared. And he's doing more and more exotic dishes. And food has become an event not just to eat, but to go through the whole preparation and cooking stuff. Um, so is it looks like people will go back to eating in restaurants. There is going to be some stickiness to people eating at grocery stores, buying food at grocery stores that they then prep and eat at home. And prices at supermarkets have gone up a decent amount over the last year. But at the same time, the industry is going through massive transformation. Do you know sometime in the next year, the German supermarket chain Aldi is going to be the third largest supermarket in the United States? That Their prices are so much cheaper than a typical supermarket. You're usually saving somewhere close to 40% on your groceries. They just are adding stores... Uh, typically, two to three new Aldi's open every week around the country. They've been expanding the states they're in. And they, when they come into a market, they change the pricing in that market. They force the incumbents out of fear to lower their prices. Something much like what happened on the eastern seaboard over the last couple of years when Aldi's arch rival Lidl, L-I-D-L, came along the eastern seaboard from New York to Georgia and very heavily in the Carolinas and Virginia. And as these German grocers invade the United States, Aldi's actually been in the United States for two generations now, but never with any big presence till the last 10 years. The German supermarkets operate a completely different business model than we're used to. Um, A lot of Americans despise Aldi and Lidl because selection is highly limited. You're not going to find 24 different types and varieties of ketchup. You're going to find one. And in every category, you're going to find very, very, very limited selection. And that's part of the magic. By doing large production runs of a small number of inventory items, they're able to get much lower prices through the system and then lower prices to you. By having far fewer SKUs, you know, variety of items, they have far less spoilage. Far fewer items that end up lingering on the shelf going past their sell-by date, and they have to be trashed. And most everything that Lidl and Aldi sell or private label their own products for the good and the bad my kids hate almost everything under the aldi Savorites brand which are their snacks they think they're just absolutely terrible which lowers their calorie counts it's great i just keep buying them anyway so you have to like their private label items and typically i love their private label items I think their yogurt is better than the national brands. And I think um, many of their items are superior to the comparable national brand, but at a fraction of the cost. They don't give you bags. you have to. Um, they don't have bagging help at all. You have to put your own items in your cart. You have to rent your cart at Aldi. You have to pay a quarter that you get back when you return the cart. I think that's really smart. No cars get dings in the parking lot at Aldi from people abandoning a cart that then rolls into your car. I wish Lidl would do that in the U.S. as well. They do in Europe. They don't do that here. But it's a whole different way to shop. But you benefit even indirectly if you don't shop with the Germans because the traditional supermarkets in a market are so terrified of them and lose so much market share to them over time that it forces them to employ some of the techniques of reducing variety and offering lower prices. I guess everybody wins except the traditional markets stockholders. Krista?
1: Clark, Susan in Florida says, my son doesn't want to continue paying his student loans because the interest and payments are paused. He's employed full-time and lives at home still. I want him to keep paying on them to bring the principal down. He only has a few expenses.
0: What do you say? I say that the compromise of the two of you is that he puts the monthly payment into a savings account every month during the holiday period for paying on student loans, and then all that money is dumped against the balance the second the payment holiday is over. And that would be the compromise that would make sense between the two of you. Your instincts are on the money because if he takes the money he would have put towards the student loans, if he was having to pay as agreed and blows it on other things, he's missed a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to eat up that student loan balance and putting that money aside into a separate savings account would be the way for you to Assure yourself that he's being responsible with the money and that he'll get it done. I would say normally an adult child, that you let him do his own thing, but he's living under your roof, so that restricts some of his freedom, and it's okay for you to impose a rule on him.
1: Okay, Clark, and this is from Ash. And by the way,
0: that's for my kids too. You come back home as an adult, (laughs) you have rules.
1: Okay. Ash in Florida says a friend of mine advised me to do a special needs trust for our disabled son who is 12 with an online legal service. Do you advise to do it this way or sit down with an actual financial planner or attorney? We don't have anything in place right now in terms of any type of will or living
0: will for his future. So as a parent wanting to do right by a special needs child, The first step before a trust is doing a 529 ABLE account. Um, ABLE accounts are wonderful. They are designed to not interfere with any public benefits that a disabled child or adult with disabilities would normally be eligible for. The ABLE account can be funded with up to $15,000 in a year Under current law, as I remember, capped at $100,000 total that can go into one. You avoid a lot of the fees that are involved with normal trust arrangements, and the money is designed to be used for the benefit of a disabled child when you are no longer with us to provide for needs that they would have. So um, the ABLE accounts are a cousin maybe more like a sibling of the 529 college savings plans. There are several really good 529A accounts offered. And the key is you want the expenses in total to being less than one half of 1% as to whether trust arrangements are valuable as well. I say you have to rely upon the expertise of a lawyer who specializes wills, estates, and trusts. I'm not a lawyer and I'm stepping outside my bounds to talk about the benefit or lack thereof of doing a trust. I want to thank you so much for joining us today and for more info on your wallet check out our websites clark.com and clarkdeals.com and know that if you want one-on-one advice that's a free service of the Clark Howard Show, something we've been doing since February of 1993. You can see the hours that you can talk to someone one-on-one and the phone number if you go to clark.com CAC. And I'd love it if you subscribe to this podcast and if you have some opinions about it, please give us a review.